ordinary, stereotypical teenager who wanted to just really enjoy life materially. Me having a moment when I was in my 20s where I decided I didn't want to do that anymore. You don't have to be wearing a saffron robe to be spiritual, I get that. But I think we still walk among saints and if we're really looking for them, we can find them. I've had to deal with a lot of people say that charging for kirtan events is wrong or filming and having your face in a front runner for kirtan in the world is wrong. Just don't think that there's such a thing as a self-made person. There's always people saying, I did it on my own. I'm like, my friend, please just take 10 minutes to write a list down of all the people you could not be here without. Here's the funny thing. Celebrities are paid and actors are paid to pretend to be someone else, right? And yet we ask them life questions on how to survive and how to thrive in this world. Their whole job is to try and pretend to be someone else. And this is these are the kind of characters that we want to learn from. I don't believe in chance. You don't believe in chance. What do no. you mean? I think everything is meant to happen. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere and even earn money. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or your computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating a podcast today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify, and when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I love engaging with my audience with the Q&A and the polls. And I also love the fact that I can upload my video podcast on Spotify because I know my audience love watching it sometimes when they're traveling on their commute. I highly recommend you give it a try and you can download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com forward slash podcasters to get started. Radhika. Welcome Hello. to Millennial Mind. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to have you here. I feel that every time I'm with you, I see you, I hear about you, there's so much that I learn. And I just want to say that before you knew who I was, I knew who you were. Because I used to sit in the temple room at the manor, just admire you, <laughs> smile at you so much across the room. And I, I think I even remember that. Yeah, you'd be like... Freak, stop smiling at me. But me and my mum are both obsessed with you and have been obsessed with you for years. So now to have, you know, now to have you as my friend and to see you grow and share your curriculum with the whole world is just amazing. And I and I've waited for this moment for you. I know like you probably didn't even know that, but there were a group of us that when you would sing at the temple, that would cry genuinely and your voice is really like no other. I've always said this, you and there's someone else called Abhishek, your voices, whenever you sing at the manor, it feels like you're in a different place, yeah. you know? So it's... interesting, because I used to always think of temple kirtans as my training ground almost. Like, I was trying to figure out what kind of melodies, what kind of different things can I add into the mantra space to, to unlock emotion, to bring mm. people to a point where they're deeply connecting with God. And um, yeah, it's interesting to hear that because I always felt like, Back when I was sharing at the temple, I was still figuring it out and I, I didn't know what I was doing. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's deeply, mm, yeah, it, it touches the heart that it, it did make a difference to you and, and to others. and Massively. And so, yeah, thank you for having me on here. Um, by the way, I'm deeply excited about this because I've seen you go from starting the podcast to having so many incredible guests on here and... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm almost a bit nervous. Should what? I be nervous? I be <laughs> Absolutely nervous? not. Well, right. I came on your podcast, so just yeah. see it as like another casual conversation. We've already been talking for so long and there's so much that no. I need to unpack. So for people who don't know who you are, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, uh, where do I start? Well, I was an ordinary, stereotypical teenager who wanted to just really enjoy life materially. I had a desire to try and, yeah, make the most of life in the ways of meeting loads of girls and, and, you know, partying as much as I could. I, I got a fake ID back when those used to work. And I was out clubbing when I was 15, 16 years old. And really? yeah, my friends group were really into that kind of scene as well. And I just remember distinctly having a moment when I was in my 20s where I decided I didn't want to do that anymore. And 
the alternative was either I become a loner and give all that up and and yeah I, I didn't know what basically I didn't really know what the alternative was but I didn't I felt stuck in a life that I wasn't happy in and when I came across mantra and kirtan and spirituality and uh, Hinduism as I know it mm-hmm. um, I felt that this was a way out of that life and so I haven't looked back since I've lost a lot of friends along the way mm-hmm. I mean there's a lot of people that know me from that time yeah and uh, yeah what where am I now point? turning point was going to a club getting a little bit sloshed and then seeing a scene that I will never forget there was a person in the corner throwing up mm-hmm as as most people have seen in, in, yeah. in clubs. And another guy, uh, it was a phone party, so another guy was just went, wee, straight through. And I told my girlfriend, well, now wife, I told her, I can't do this anymore, let's get out of here. And so I sat on the edge of my bed that night, and uh, she said, what's up? And I said, I don't think I can do this anymore. She said, what, you're breaking up with me? Oh. I said, no, 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 no. I just don't want to do that life anymore. And she said, so what do you want to do? I said, I want to share spirituality with others. And she said, Okay, and that was a real moment because if she had said no, I'd probably have lost a girlfriend, lost a lifestyle, not really known where to turn. But she said, no, okay, let's let's do what you want to do. And so we printed out flyers the next day at university with the words, what would you do if you had 24 hours to live on a flyer? And we stood out in the cold. I distinctly remember just holding onto these flyers and she looked at me and she said, what should we do next? And I said, just give me a moment. I closed my eyes and I just prayed. I said, if there's a God out there, if there's anything higher, if there's a higher power out there listening right now, just give me some strength. And so I looked at the first person that walked by and I said, hey, 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 one, qu- one, one question, one question. What would you do if you had 24 hours to live? And we did that again and again and again. I just told them, hey, look, if you're interested in spirituality, we've got an event tomorrow, come along. We'll have a, a cool discussion. We'll have a moment where we can build community. And I was expecting legit, I thought maybe five people would turn up. So mm-hmm. I put in the room the next day, I put five chairs out. 75 people turned up, 75 people. And the week after, like another 120 odd showed up and it just kept growing and growing and growing. People were looking for this. Mm. Students were looking for an alternative. And now it's popular if you're not a drinker, if you're teetotal, if you're vegan, it's popular. But, you know, five, six, seven years ago, it wasn't so. Ten years ago, it wasn't the case. Mm. And so this was incredible for me. It was a place where I felt I had purpose. That was the turning point. I felt that I'd found something that was extraordinary, that was transcendental, that was spiritual. Finding it was one thing. Mm-hmm. Two was finding an opportunity to share it with others. That's what really turned the corner for me, that I felt I had purpose in sharing that with others. And so I've not looked back since. I just keep, I, I like sharing spirituality with others. That's that's my joy. That's my life. And I love that. Yeah. I'm trying to be like a cow, you know, wherever I go, try and give a little milk. I love that. It's interesting because you said that that the the incident in the club where you saw someone kind of I, I'm imagining it like belly into sick. Yeah, it was disgusting. <laughs> um, really disgusting. <laughs> uh, that incident switched you to just be like, I don't want to do this lifestyle anymore. Yeah, I was kind of already looking for an out. I was already looking for an opportunity for me to go. Don't want that life anymore. And I think it took something so disgusting as that for me to go. Yeah, I, I'm really done with this now. Yeah. Like I could deal with the fighting because like being an Indian kid, I mean, those of you that were Indian kids in the 90s will know what it was like to go to parties and always seem to get into a fake fight. Like no one actually ever fought. Yeah, Do you yeah, remember yeah, that? Yeah, 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 no yeah, one yeah. actually ever fought, yeah. but it was just getting into it for the hype of it. Girls didn't, but definitely boys did. There's yeah. always some kind of drama, but no one ever beat anyone up. Exactly. Yeah. So I was I was okay with that. I was okay with the kind of like everyone flirting with each other all the time. I just couldn't get with the kind of vile disgusting sticky floors it's, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm a bit too OCD that was my turn off that was my turn off well, I, I mean do... if I saw someone belly up into sick I think I would throw up myself yeah exactly that would be the end of it for me yeah. as well what's interesting though is that the next day you said to your girlfriend now it was wife, that night well that yeah that yeah. night you said to your girlfriend now why mm-hmm. I want to change and I want to completely you know do something different now that's really extreme mm. to just say overnight I'm now going to be, you know, really spiritual. Yeah. And I'm going to print these posters and I'm going to ask people to come to this event. Sure. So where did that kind of root come from? Yeah. I had a lot of idols that I looked up to. Okay. Um, Jay Shetty was not the now famous icon that is Jay Shetty. Yeah. But he was an idol for me. He was a mentor for me. Mm. Um, Gaur Gopal, 
Everyone knows Gogol Pal. Back then, no one knew him. He was just a humble, simple monk. Still is a humble, simple monk, but externally, lots of things going on for him. So those mentors showed me that by giving, we make a life. There's this famous quote that always, whenever I hear it, it sends like tingles down my spine and hairs stand on end. By getting things, we make a living, right? By accumulating things, we make a living. But by giving, by ser serving, by sharing, that's the way we make a life. Mm. And if you look at all the things that people value, it usually in some respect involves receiving love and giving love. Like people worship parents you know mothers are seen as being worshipable mm. because they're giving so much love you know people respect that and i think that anyone who gives love gives in a way where they're trying to uplift others educate others they're always respected in society it's because deep down we all have that desire mm. to find what it is that we truly enjoy in life and to share that with others you know it doesn't have to be in the podcast platform it doesn't yeah. have to be in the world of kirtan it could be as simple as cooking for others mm. you know hosting others at your home people love doing it it's because innately we love loving others we do you what you told me earlier that you weren't raised as a devotee no talk me through this journey and what is oh. a devotee devotee is someone who i guess is in one sense dedicated dedicated to the lifestyle to the practice to the principles and mm. uh yeah growing up my mom really did try. Like she would always play some Hindu bhajans in the car on the way to school. I learned the Hanuman Chalisa in the car. She used, to, she used to put it on. It's it's the it's the way, you know. Like I yeah, yeah. I almost started doing that with my son. Yeah. But um, yeah, she she tried. She really did try, and I did kind of conform until the age of maybe eleven, twelve, thirteen ish, and then I kind of went off the rails where my education I wasn't really interested in any anymore. Um, I was doing well at school, okay, but that's only because, I guess, in the Indian culture, you're seen as three things. You're either a doctor, a lawyer, or a failure. Mm -hmm. And so, <laughs> I guess, yeah, I, I was destined to always do well in my education and studies, but I never really paid much attention. I could have done way better. Mm, I feel that too. Could have done way better. But I also think that's when you're younger, you're not taught to learn you're mm. taught to study so you yeah. get the grades so that you can tell everyone the mark that you got it's almost like showing off isn't it it is for showing off i practice. think that you know if we were taught actually you know this is going to teach you this and this is what you're interested in mm. and this is going to be your passion or this is something that you really care about people would learn in different ways but unfortunately we are all taught the same subjects we all competed at competing against each other to get an a star in math, yeah. si math science and english and actually some of us are just artists yeah, there was this uh, story I heard once. One of the Beatles, I can't remember which one of the Beatles it was, but was once given a homework assignment oh, yeah. that said, um, what do you want to be when you're older? Yeah. And this child wrote back, happy. Mm. And the teacher replied, I don't think you've understood the assignment. Mm. And the child replied, I don't think you've understood life. You know, and so I think that that's this, 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 where the edu education system lies in this country. We're kind of all taught the same thing. Yeah. And expected that, yeah, you conform to the success parameters that this world has given us. Mm -hmm. But really and truly, there's so many other ways to be happy. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I think that that will come out more and more. Like with the, the Steiner schools, have you heard of Steiner schools? No. Where they, like, they find out what's the nature of the child really early on. Okay. And they train the child based on that nature. So if that right. child is artistic, they'll give them more art classes. Wow. Yeah, it's a whole growing movement of people that are changing the way that education is done. So many more people are homeschooling. Even in our generation, I've got friends. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. kids that are homeschooling. Agree. And so I think that nature versus nurture conversation with children, like what do I really want to impart upon my mm. kids? Do I just want them to go through the education system and just come out like everybody else? Mm -hmm. Or do I want to nurture that part of them that is already, already innately there, their nature? Don't you think it's harder, though, when you're in the moment, as in you're a father of two? Mm -hmm. On reflection, I, I'm like, boy, you should have done this and you should have done that. But in the moment, I don't know how I'm going to be. How mm. are you kind of changing that? I, I mean, like, you know, how are you yeah. reflecting on that with your son? Yeah, I mean, I think you just hit the nail on the head just then. You have to pause to reflect. Mm. You know, I think sometimes we live in a world where we are constantly moving and constantly trying to go, go, go without pausing. Mm -hmm. And I think that we need to learn to sometimes go inwards. You know, 
once my spiritual teacher, he told me, um, for every one hour you spend singing into a microphone, spend two hours away from it. Because what comes out of this end is a product of what you've done the two hours prior. Mm. Your consciousness, your awareness, etc. And so with raising children, back to your question, um, I have to reflect quite regularly. Mm. Like, I don't have a, a journal, but my wife and I will regularly go on walks, we'll regularly have dinner together where there's no phones, etc. Where we just discuss what's the next step for our children. Mm. What's the next six week plan? What's the next six month plan? What's the next year plan? Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, I think most people are doing this anyway, so it's not going to be totally revolutionary. Yeah. But I think it's exactly what you said. You just need to pause, yeah. you know, take time to reflect about the life in which you're living. Otherwise, you'll go through life really quickly but how many of us are growing through life? Yeah, so true. You know, and how much of us are con how many of us are consciously trying to live life in a way where at the end of life we're not lying in bed going, "What happened? I missed out. I messed mm -hmm. up. I, sh I should have done it differently." So true. You know. So you weren't raised as a devotee. No. When did you kind of become one? Um. Well, I met. I met Jay when I was 16, 15, 16, 17, something like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, he invited me on a retreat. <laughs> and on that retreat, a few of my friends from the teenage world were there and, and uh, we didn't attend a single class, a single chanting session, a single meditation. We just yeah, slept in and took it as a free trip. Where and was the trip? Was it, it was, in the UK? It was an island. It, was, okay, it wasn't even nice. exotic, but we, okay. just, we were just kids that wanted a free trip. Yeah. So we went and we didn't we didn't really participate per se. But um, yeah, I met a lot of cool monks on that trip. And even though, look, I know people have their hang-ups about spiritual people. Mm. And I, oh, we live in an age where, no, you don't have to be wearing a saffron robe to be spiritual. I get that. Mm -hmm. But I think we still walk among saints. And if we're really looking for them, we can find them. It's just a case of people just dismiss them because someone else has dismissed them. But I think that just because you have not seen God or you've not had a spiritual experience, I'm talking not about you, Shivani. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking to anyone that's listening. Yeah. Just because you've not had a spiritual experience, I'm looking at the camera, here you are. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Just because you've not had a spiritual experience, you can't discount that someone else hasn't. Mm. And so if you are desiring, if you have desire, let's start there. If you have a desire for meeting spiritual people, if you have a desire for exploring spirituality, then you'll take the necessary steps. Oh, 100%. And so, yeah, for me, it was when, I guess, the turning point for me to go, I might try this out a little bit, was meeting people that embodied that. That gave me faith, you know. Mm. If you want to, there's an analogy that I really like about this. Um, if you want to extract honey from a lotus flower, the nectar, you know, that comes from a lotus flower. Mm -hmm. Think of a lotus flower. Think about the, the beautiful nectar that's contained within. How do you get it out? You can either take a pestle and mortar and try and crush that flower. You can try and boil the flower and evaporate and try and get the nectar that way. Or you could just be really simple and find the honeybees. Go and look for the honeybees, those who already know how to get the, mm -hmm. the nectar out of the flower. And in that way, I think spirituality is very much the same. Mm -hmm. That you can try by reading loads and loads of passages and texts and going it alone. You'll learn really fast on your own. But to go far and to really get into the depths and the absorption that's awaiting you there, go with many. Don't mm -hmm. go alone. Find those who already know the way. Go the way. Show the way. Be with those people. You know, and so that was the turning point for me was meeting people that authentically practiced what they preached, lived what they preached, and uh, that was very attractive for me. I found that very, very attractive. We we live in a world now. And we, we spoke about this off camera where if someone who is doing something for good, mm -hmm. whatever they're doing, they do one thing that you perhaps don't agree with, we automatically label them as inauthentic and fake. Yeah. Right. So we'll see a saint or um, a monk, and let's say the monk is, I don't know, taking a selfie with someone. 
someone will say, well, I thought they were a monk. Why do it's they have a phone? It's not very monk-like, is it? Yeah. Why do they have a phone? I thought I thought that, you know, they're a monk. That means everything they say must be ridiculous. And, you know, we, we live in this world now where you're criticised for everything. I find it absolutely hilarious. I've just, I've come to the point now where I'm laughing so much because I was on TikTok yesterday and someone was telling a story about how they had organised a wedding. Now, this person was doing an, an imitation of their guest that they invited, right? So the person said... I want to invite you to my wedding. And the guest said, well, can I bring my children? And she said, well, no, because it said we're not having children at the wedding. The guest said, are you bringing your children? And she said, yes, because it's my children will be attending because it's my wedding. And she goes, so why can't I bring my children? So then the woman was like, we're not having children at the wedding. And she was like, so will you pay for my babysitter? Will you will you make sure you pay for this, that that, and the other? And then the woman was anyway, this is a whole skit, right? Wow. The things that were coming out were the most barbaric things, in my opinion, were, will you pay for my babysitter? Will you pay for my travel? It's your wedding. Why can't I bring my children? You're a hypocrite. I can't believe you're only inviting your children, but you're not inviting my children. Right. This is outrageous, right? The comment section said both of them were being ridiculous and that the woman should not invite her own children if she's not going to invite the guest children. Wow. What world are we living in where you can say... I'm not going to, I mean, I was just so mortified about this whole conversation, but what it really taught me was that everyone has an opinion Mm. and you are never, ever, ever, no matter how ridiculous you think something is, are going to agree with everyone and they're not going to agree with you. I mean, I would never in my wildest dreams, if I had children and and I was attending somebody's wedding, would I ask them to pay for my babysitter, pay for my travel and say, well, it's your wedding. Mm. So why should I have to pay for a babysitter for my kids? And you're looking at me as if like that's a shock. People in the comment section didn't agree. And I've realized more and more now, especially with being online, is people have an opinion about anything. And even if you you think you're saying the right thing, someone will find something wrong in what you're saying. And so I've just learned to let it go. And this is what I really love about meeting people like this. They It doesn't affect them. Mm. Like when I'm, I've met um, Goranga Das, you know, obviously I know Jay. And I, I remember calling Jay one time and saying, you know, I'm really upset. You know, one of my TikToks went a bit viral and, and I said something. And I, and I really regret saying what I said because I didn't, mean, I didn't mean it in that way. I didn't mean to hurt someone. And he said to me, Shawani, if your intention was pure, you don't need to worry. Yeah. And the thing is, is that we live in a world now where anything we say can be twisted in a certain way. Yeah, yeah. But you've just got to accept that if you're doing something right, then, you know, if someone interprets it in a bad way, it's fine. And I think you're back to your point of... If you're looking for something good in someone, you will find it. Yeah. But if you're looking for something bad in someone, you will also find it. There's yeah. not one person on this planet who is 100% free from any sin. Yeah, I mean, I, I appreciate exactly what you're saying because I've had to deal with a lot of people say that charging for kirtan events is wrong. Or, you know, uh, filming and having your face as the front, you know, front runner for kirtan in the world is wrong. And uh, I can see where they're coming from. They're trying to protect the tradition. And there are many texts that actually say one shouldn't earn a living from kirtan. Mm-hmm. But the people that, you know, criticize and say that I'm, I'm earning from it, they don't know my bank account. Like, I'm, I'm a limited company. Yeah. Go and check me out. Go and look at the accounts. None of it is wages. Mm-hmm. I don't take a single penny from this. Mm-hmm. But to get a church as the size of Union Chapel is not cheap. No. To then try and promote the values and culture of bhakti and kirtan, you've got to film it. Nowadays, if you don't film something, it didn't happen. 100%. And so I could end up defending myself all day long, or I can come to the point where you just realize you can't please everyone. Mm -hmm. You know, you just cannot get to a point where everyone's going to be... You know, even with my pronunciation, for example, when when I chant, sometimes I don't say it with the Indian dialect tongue. And it's not because I can't, it's because I'm trying in one sense to make it more relatable. Because when you have something that's so alien, mm. right, and you're trying to take it from the Indian waters and place it into the the Thames, the, the London Thames, it's going to take, the principle has to remain the same. The detail can change. Yeah. I think too many people get hung up on the details of life. That so much so that if the detail is somewhat, you know, not in line with how they see the world, you're considered a failure. Yeah. And I think that success and failure is such an interesting thing because I think many people can sometimes stereotype something not being perfect from the detail perspective mm-hmm. and therefore throwing the whole thing out and saying, no, this complete mumbo jumbo. Yeah. 
Whereas I think that we have to recognize that pff, everyone's human, everyone's one going to make mistakes. But I think that we should give people the benefit of the doubt. Here's here's one that really um, hits me hard. It's from my like great great grandfather guru. His his name is Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati. He says that to make mistakes is natural, but to cheat should be avoided. To make mistakes, you can't do anything about it. Mm. But cheating, if you're intentionally doing something to cheat others, yeah, that we should avoid. Yes. So yeah, I mean. I think that we have to, as human beings, try to as much as possible look at the why before the detail, the principle before the detail, and um, ultimately, yeah, if you're someone that's sharing, if you're someone that's giving in a way where you're trying to affect hearts and change lives, don't be so hung up on other people's opinions. It's interesting because we don't look at, you know, therapy is also when people say, well, if you, you know, you're a coach or you're a therapist, do it for free, mm. right? If you want to help people, do it for free. And I had the similar. I guess, blocker when I started anything was, you know, well, I feel bad because I'm helping someone and I'm doing it from my heart. So why should I charge for it? Mm -hmm. And I think that it's the same. If you look at it, same with any profession where you're helping someone. Why are doctors not free? Why are dentists not free? Yeah. You know, we can we can apply that same principle to so many different things. And ultimately what you've done and we'll talk around, you know, how you've grown your platform is essentially bring Kirithan to so many more people mm. who perhaps don't know about it. And that's only a positive thing. Yeah. And we can look at this world in the sense of like money is so money is not important. Money is important because without money, you wouldn't have been able to do that Union Chapel event. I mean, I did tons of events for free. Yeah. And no one would come. Exactly. Because people don't. But it's like this. If you take a diamond, right? And you try and give a diamond on the street, just, just try and do it. Everyone's going to be like, what's wrong with it? Yeah. There's something not quite right. Yeah. You're giving it away for free. Has it got poison in? Is it coated with a film of poison? Yeah, or yeah. What do you want from me? Like, what are you trying to screw me over for? Whereas as soon as you say this is the price it is, mm -hmm. people start valuing it. 100%. Unfortunately, that's the world in which we live in. Yeah. And even though, yes, I get, don't conform, you know, yeah, try and do things outside of the box. You can do 99 things out of the box, but there's one thing that you have to keep in line with society just that people value it. That's most of the time it's paying. Money is a difficult subject. I talked about this on your podcast. Mm. We do see money as the root of all evil. Yep. And if I'm quite honest, sometimes I do think it is. I know in your podcast I spoke about, you know, money is great in terms of, look, let's just look look at your example. Without money, you wouldn't be able to have did that event in Union, what's that? Without money, you wouldn't have been able to run that incredible event in Union Chapel, yep. right? Without money, I wouldn't be able to do this podcast in the studio. Yeah. It'd be on Zoom. No one would watch it. Right. But at what point is it ever enough? That's the, that's That's where you need mentorship. I think people think we are past the age of guru, that the age of guru is dead, that we don't need to know from anyone else, we can figure it out on our own. Mm -hmm. And I think that's mad dangerous. That's legit so mad dangerous because it means that you're relying on your own intuition at all times. So true. And I think that every single person needs to consider, yes, who am I looking after? Who am I sharing to? Who's my audience? At the same time, consider who's looking after me? Mm. Who's looking after how much money I'm consuming? How much... You know, name and fame am I consuming? Mm. You know, who's looking after me in that respect? Yeah. Who's looking after the con content that I'm putting out, right? Mm. If it's fully left independent to our choice, so given enough time, we're going to say something regretful. And I think mentorship is so important. The age of guru is not dead. Mentorship is still very much, very much required. Personal opinion. You said that a lot through this podcast. What do you mean by that? What, mentorship? Yeah, I've never heard anyone talk about it so much. Yeah, I just don't think that there's such a thing as a self-made person. Really? Yeah. I think prayers, blessings, guidance, examples, idols. Mm. There's no such thing as a made... There's always people saying, I did it on my own. I'm like, my friend, please just take 10 minutes to write a list down of all the people you could not be here without. I love Mom that. and dad, right? At the very least. Mom and dad at the very least. Even if you're not close with your parents. I know outside of the Indian culture, mm. many people of the Western culture don't have the same um, adoration for parents because there was maybe some trauma there. Yes. I get that. But ultimately, they did bring you into this world. So let's give them a little bit of credit. Even if it's only 0.005%, they gave you something. Who taught you to speak the language that you speak? Right? Which books did you read as a child? 
Who, which authors did you look up to? Every every kid of the 90s would have said J.K. Rowling. Mm. There's so many impressions there, mm. right? And as we get older, then it's celebrities. Here's the funny thing. Celebrities are paid uh, and actors are paid to pretend to be someone else, right? And yet we ask them life questions on how to survive and how to thrive in this world. Their whole job is to try and pretend to be someone else. And this is these are the kind of characters that we want to learn from. So I'm saying big big moment here i'm saying find mentorship that's authentic to the goals in which you want to achieve in this world i'm not saying that everyone wants to be spiritual and that's cool if you don't want to be a spiritual person that's cool if you want to be a material success find people in your field that have already done it because let me tell you there's no one that's done it for the first time everyone's copying someone else even if it's 50 years here's here's a quote that i heard just yesterday in a film if you want to come up with a new idea read some really old books. Yeah. If you want to come up with a new idea, read some really old books because someone else has already come up with it, you know? Mm. And so mentorship, guidance, seeking elders, seeking people that can really give us, uh, it helps us to not trip up all the time. People always ask me, how is it that I'm always collected and calm and all that stuff? Yeah, it's a lot of practice is there, personal practice, no doubt. But there's also... Uh, I cannot deny uh, the kindness, the love that's been invested in me. You know, I cannot just skip over that. In fact, almost every event, I start the event with gratitude to my spiritual teachers and guides and gurus, and I end the event that way. Because um, anything good you see in me, it's been given to me by my teachers. And anything bad you see in me, it's most likely me. You know, most likely it's come from here. So... I'm deeply grateful humble. for people. No, I, it's it's sincere. I, I genuinely mean it. I wouldn't be sat here without my teachers, without my spiritual teachers and guides. But how did you let your ego get, pu get pushed to the side like that? That's I've never heard anyone say that, by the way, ever. Yeah, had really. anyone say, no one is self-made. I love that. So powerful yeah. and so true because th this is what I was saying to you before. It's very easy, and this aligns with your point, to get beaten off the track. Yeah it gets to your head. It really, really does. And sometimes, you know, there's been moments where I've had to pull myself and reel myself back in. Mm. And I was talking to you about this before. Once you get the numbers, it's difficult to not chase the numbers. Mm. And then when you chase the numbers, you think, what am I doing? What am I doing this for? Yeah. And last week I had this epiphany because I was so happy with learning again. I have, I think, 253 subscribers on my new YouTube channel. Congratulations. Thank you. I have two or three comments every week. And I love making my solo videos. And I love it because I'm learning so much. And it reminds me, I have this nostalgic feeling of, I say last year, what, what, year, what month are we in now? September. So mm -hmm. like a year and a half ago when I wanted to give up on the podcast wow. and I was in this nostalgic feat. I just remember this feeling of, okay, I'm gonna give it one more shot. And I was learning so much. And last week I had that same feeling of, oh my God, I'm in this phase when I'm learning so much. And I know 100% my platform is gonna blow up. I know it deep within myself. I have 253 subscribers. I have 142,000 followers on Instagram and 200 subscribers on YouTube. Think about that. That is that's crazy. A lot of people would be seeing that as the end goal. Well, a lot of people would think, "How on earth is that happening?" Yeah. Right. Mm. A lot of people would think that, and and at the beginning, I thought, "How on earth is that happening? How is it? I've built this platform. I've built this community. I I've got more than two hundred cousins. So how have people not subscribed? <laughs> I just don't understand." Right. And you know what? You know what the reason was. My videos were complete and utter crap. Uh. No, 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 no. My solo videos were rubbish. Please go back and watch them. They are they are terrible. And we need to push our ego aside sometimes and be like, that. It doesn't matter if you grew quickly on this platform. This yeah. is a different game. Yeah. And you're at the bottom. Yeah. And you are, and you've got to work hard now to learn a completely different platform. And when I when I shift that perspective, I'm now super excited about it. Mm. And it's so great because there's people in the comment section that comment and say, Shafani, I can't believe you've only got this many subscribers. Your videos are great. And I'm mm. like, thank you because mm. you you are appreciating them. Mm. On my shorts the other day. 11 views, zero views, zero views, 12 views. 
I genuinely found it funny mm. because I know that this is the point in my life where I'm focused on learning. Yeah. I'm not focused on that A-star grade. I don't care anymore yeah. about the A-star grade. And I did this whole video last year. We are constantly chasing virality over value. Wow. I'm seeing it more and more now and there's nothing that grates on me more because if there's someone online that's telling you how to grow fast and you follow that method, sooner or later you're gonna be caught out. Mm. What I really appreciate about what you've said is, this is my feeling anyway, I don't think you're self-deprecating. I think you're just being truly honest about yourself. And yeah. I value that because I remember exactly what it felt like. Even now when I do a performance or I share something, I tell the camera, we have like this inside joke with my cameraman. I'll go up to him, I'll be like, mm, four out of 10. Yeah. And he's like, at the first time he was like, no, 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 it was like nine out of 10, 10 out of 10. And then now he goes, I think you're pretty honest about yourself. And I was like, yeah, I think so. And I think it's necessary. 100%. I think we live in an age where people want to quickly jump on and say, no, 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 don't do that. Don't, don't be honest. Don't, no, be positive. I get that. So I, I fully understand that. But let's be also honest about it. For sure. Like, you know, like if we can be a little critical about the things that we want to improve, mm. it means that we're in learning mindset. Jay shared with me this incredible model. He said, for the first 10 years, you're just trying to figure out what your craft is. You're experimenting. First 10, 15 years, you're just experimenting. The next 10 or 15 years, you're learning. You're practicing. You're just doing the thing that you, you really love. You're practicing it. Mm -hmm. And the last 5, 10, etc., you're in thrive mode. Mm. And too many people want to be in thrive mode without one and two without experimenting figuring out what their thing is without testing it learning trialing etc everyone just wants to be thriving all the time mm -hmm. and one thing that i learned was especially through my experience um that you can't discount even for example i'm new to the podcast world mm -hmm. started a podcast what in january of this year um i'm still very much in experimentation mode i know i want to do it level yeah. one is done level two i'm still pretty much learning and then three I know will come. Because mm. you know why I know three will come? Because I've done the thing before with Kirtan. I remember doing, sharing, chanting in Shoreditch at Tri-Yoga. No, no you know, discredit to them. They did a fantastic job in putting that event together. But I went with a band of like six people, seven people, sat at the front. We're all looking ready to go. <laughs> and one person shows up. Was it a and ticketed they, event? It was a ticketed event. One person shows up, comes in the room, sits down in front of me. So I start. 10 minutes in, they're lying down. Mm -hmm. 20 minutes in, they walk out the door and they're gone. And it broke my heart. I thought, why am I doing this? What's the purpose? Do people even like me? I go to the temple, everyone loves me. But out in the big bad world, no one knew me. Mm. You know, outside of the walls of the temple, no one knew me. So knowing that it does work if you're just consistent and willing to be learning means that you will eventually thrive. And so when I heard you speaking, I wasn't thinking, oh, she's self-deprecating, she's being negative and whatnot. You're just wanting to learn. You're being in that learner's mindset. And I think that's 100%. definitely incredible. I'm really not the best. And this is why I find it difficult now when people invite me on their podcast because they say, we really want to learn so much from you. Mm -hmm. And I sometimes think, you're only inviting me because I've grown a platform and you're looking at the false measures of success. So when people say to me, you're doing so well, and people say this to me all the time, mm -hmm. I, I just want to say... I'm getting comfortable. I'm taking my shoes off. You, do you know what? I was going to do that because that's why I wore my trainers. I was like, I feel no, like I could now. take my shoes off. We're friends you. now. I just want to be really, really clear on something. Mm -hmm. Everyone online lies so much. Yeah. Okay? And you know, last two, no, two weeks ago, I actually, for once, said, I think I'm a really good person. <laughs> Can you believe I said that and people no, online are going to attack me now? The reason I said that is because I actually do not lie through the skin of my teeth. So when people say you're doing really well, I could say, yeah, you know what? I'm doing so well. I'm making so much money. Mm. I uh, have grown so much in the last year. I appreciate that about you. I genuinely, I, I want to say this right now really clearly to, to the people. I really got pot lucky and I really, really only have false measures of success. <laughs> Genuinely, yeah. genuinely. Well, I think people. No, 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 yeah. no. Look, okay. look, look. I'm, I'm not self-deprecating. So I'm saying yeah. I'm the worst. Look, I have grown my podcast. I, yeah. I take that. I have um, done really cool things. I take that. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the stuff that people value me for are my followers. Mm. Are for the fact that I get cool guests on my podcast. Mm. 
do you actually value me for me some of the time? And there are a few people that do, but a lot of the time people do just value you for the number of followers you have, the, the big house you live in, the nice clothes you wear. This is not for me, by the way. I don't live in a big house. I live in a really small <laughs> flat in London, uh, spare room. But the, the thing is, is and, and also this is another thing, when people said, oh, Shwana, you moved out. I could have put on my pl platform, I've moved out to London by myself, I've done this, this and this. I openly say I live with a random person. I live in a basement flat and I got it on spare room. And I'm not ashamed of it. I'm really proud of the fact that I can openly say that, right? And a lot of people I've seen and I've learned online, two weeks ago I met somebody and I've followed them online and I really admired their life. Mm. And then I figured out that everything they were told everyone online was a complete lie. And I was in total shock. It's fire Festival all over again. And my boyfriend was like, what's wrong with you? How can mm. you still? He was like, you know, you're in this influencer world. You know, people lie. And I was like, but people can't lie this much. Yeah. I've it's... always, I remember during COVID, I, I remember seeing people that would say, stay at home. And they were going on holiday. And I remember thinking, whoa, that's crazy. And I remember seeing um, all these bakers online buy a cake uploaded that they'd eaten it fair enough i didn't know people couldn't pay their rent and are mm. posting chanel bags online though mm. i physically we live in an age of quarrel and hypocrisy though this is the age we live in it's categorized it's, it's mentioned in in the scripture that i read the the vedic scriptures that we live in an age of quarrel where everyone's always arguing mm -hmm. which is exactly what we're talking about right everyone always has some nugget to throw in there that oh this is my opinion <laughs> to, to try and stir up the mix in the comment section people are always arguing and they're always hypocritical. Like it's so prevalent in today's age. They say one thing. When was the last time you met someone that means what they say and says what they mean? And I think that's one of your golden qualities. I'm not saying I'm an angel, by the no, way. No, and no, I'm no. not saying that. And this is the thing. I'm not saying like, oh, this is so great. But I will tell you, I won't hype up a situation to make myself feel better about it. I genuinely won't. Mm -hmm. And this is and this is what I've become like more and more used to is I need to stop uh, stop comparing myself. Because people lie so much. Yeah. Please don't look at me as someone that you want to kind of follow. Because you may see my success as, you know, getting a billboard or doing a TED Talk or getting this person on my podcast. But actually, it's a false measure of success. And Paul Cacardia talked about this. So, and I remember it so well when she talked about ClassPass. And she said, I was on the front cover of all these magazines. People were talking about ClassPass and we had one sale. And, you know, this is what I'm openly saying about my YouTube channel. If, if yeah. you think I'm doing so well, look at my YouTube. Yeah. 243 subscribers. We had to take a little break because the cameras stopped. I'm now cross-legged. She's joined me. She's come <laughs> to the light side. I genuinely... you more spiritual by crossing your legs? I know. Okay. Do you? No. Yeah, I, like, I just no, feel more comfortable. I, <laughs> I feel more comfortable too. I purposely wore trainers yeah. and I thought um, I'll just be you know cross-legged and then i didn't do it because i was nervous and oh. then you know this is what we talk about confirmation this Con means confirmation yeah conformity 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 anyway mm. i was talking around um false measures of success yeah do you feel like you have those um you've grown massively yeah i was see like <laughs> i have to say this without sounding like a complete snob uh, i've been used to kindness and adoration and name and fame from uh, when I first basically started practicing spirituality because it's just in my destiny I guess in my karma what, whatever you want to call it that uh, I've always been a community builder I've always mm. managed to bring people together and attract people and like oh you come and help me here and <laughs> you know this is it's just my energy is like that and so I was used to accepting kindness from others from an early part of when I started sharing and so I guess it's fine-tuning it more and more. And so the way I fine-tuned it, where I sit right now, and it's not that I know the full answer, but how I feel comfortable dealing with it now, mm -hmm. is going back to the teacher's thing. Like, I, I, it may sound spooky, but sometimes I just imagine that my spiritual teacher's right behind my shoulder. Mm -hmm. And so when someone says something really kind about me, then I try, and it sounds like deflection. It's not deflection. I don't think humility necessarily has to be about thinking less about low about yourself like humility is not thinking less of yourself that's what i mean to say humility is not about thinking less of yourself i am so crap i am so this i am so that no i don't deserve this da, 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 da. notice the i i i mm. humility is not about thinking less of yourself it's about thinking 
about yourself less. So being less self-absorbed. And so what helps me to deal with it and to try and remain quote-unquote humble is I just think of all the great things that I've been gifted along the way. I just think of my spiritual teacher. Like, even coming to this podcast, I want to say something meaningful. I want to grab your attention. I want you to feel <laughs> attracted to spiritual life. I want you to be attracted to coming to come and chant with me at some point. But the only way I can do that is not by my own charisma and strength alone because I've learned that from somewhere else, you know. I I've love that. And so I'm just praising those that have given me. It takes a community. It takes a village to raise a child. Yes, so, for sure. It's interesting you said you've I'm always a child been of that. life. It says you it's interesting you said you've always been that community builder. I was one of the people that wanted to be your friend. I'll uh -huh. keep saying it. We're friends now. Yeah, I know. But I'm just <laughs> saying, back in the day, I was one that was like, Papa girl, hello. <laughs> you're such a cousin. I really love everything you're doing. And you're just like, okay, bye now. Yeah. Um, Funnily enough, my cousins don't want anything to do with me. So funny. You know, family doesn't want anything to do. Well, Why? not nothing to do with me, but they don't want to ever speak about my spiritual stuff. Why? I don't know. I just, I guess like, you know what it is? Family have seen you do some stupid things over the years. And I, I've, I've done some enough stupid things for, you know, family mm. to, you know how they say, like your mum and dad saw you in diapers. Yeah. And so for them, like my mum and dad will never take a word of advice from me. So funny. Because they just, they've seen me do things in a different way and, and they've seen me grow from the foolishness to what it is now. It's still just a like, little less foolish now. Letting go and forgiveness is um, an interesting topic and mm. linked to, to something you've just said there, which you're probably wondering what on earth you're talking about. How are you linking yeah. this point? I'm seeing where it goes. You mentioned at the start of this podcast that you lived a very different life when you were at school. Yeah. And when you were at the start of university. Yeah. And now you've just said your parents have seen you in a different light. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people that are watching and listening to this that knew you prior to your spiritual life. Who knows? Mm -hmm. Do you ever feel that you are not authentic or feeling guilty or feeling bad for those previous things and what i mean by yeah. that is a lot of us and and i say this myself too mm -hmm. there were things that maybe when i was a kid i wasn't as kind or as compassionate and there's sure. loads of things actually when i was at university that people would look at me now and say shawana was never like that mm. you know and i'm sure people look at you and say that and i sometimes feel really bad about it yeah do you yeah yeah Living in the shadow of the past, it can only, it will never be healing. Like you'll always regret. And I think what I've tried to do now is with the people that I've known for years and years and years, when they come and speak to me now is not try to impress upon them that I'm a, I'm a transformed dude. I'm like, I'm, I'm now holy people. Love me. <laughs> Love me for who I am now. Um, people don't care what you know. Mm. People don't care what you know until they know that you care. And so what I've tried to do with people that I've known from, quote unquote, a previous life is just try and shower them with love and affection, shower them with care and compassion, because, um, yeah, they, they really don't give a crap how much I know. You know, I could know all the texts, the Bhagavad Gita and the Srimad Bhagavatam, the Chaitanya Charitamrita, I could spur out all these verses, but that will only be a cheap appreciation what they'll always remember is how I made them feel in that moment. Mm. Did I make them feel cared for? Mm. Did I listen to them about their life? Even though so much is happening in my life, did I take the moment to just go, no, 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 I, I want to hear about you. Everything about me is okay. But what about you, my friend? What's going on since I last saw you 10 years ago in that club? What's going on? And an example of that was um, a friend that we both know, Samir Kassam. Yeah. Shout out, Sam. I know he won't mind because he's a close friend of mine now. We used to do unmentionable things together, like... We're talking like, can I say weed on this? Yeah. Yeah, we used to do a lot of weed together. And uh, we had a lot of good times. I mean, lots of fun, uh, child, childish teenage moments together. And we lost contact. I kind of, we went our separate ways after college. Okay. I went to university somewhere. He went to university elsewhere. And uh, I had my whole transition towards spiritual life. And he kind of stayed on the, on the path that he was on. And uh, a few, a couple of years ago, he was walking through a festival or a f I can't remember how it was, but it, let's just go with it. He was walking through a festival and he sees a girl with a djembe drum. It's like one of these African drums. Yeah. And she's sitting on the floor with a campfire and she's chanting Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Boom. And she's like going for it. And he just goes and sits down next to her. He thinks she's an attractive girl. Just goes and sits with her. And she stops chanting and they start speaking. And Sam asks her, 
so what was that all about? And she goes, my teacher, Radhika Das, he is uh, sharing this mantra with me and I just feel really enlivened by it and you should really meet him. Now, Sam, even though we lost contact, he stuck with social media and saw my name change. I was previously Ravi. And then I got a spiritual initiation. I took some vows. I took a commitment to the practice. My name changed towards something spiritual. So he still knew that this is the same dude. And he started asking, oh, he's got these tattoos on his arm. And she was like, yeah, how do you know him? She's like, we used to be friends. Like, we used to hang out. And then so she said, oh, why don't you come to Kirtan? Why don't you come? He said, all right, I'm going to go. So he booked a ticket and I get, I'm, I'm really OCD. I look at every single ticket that comes in, even to this really? day. Every single ticket. I want to pray about every single person. I want to thank them from my heart that this person's coming to Kirtan. So I see the name Samir Kassam pop up on my phone, a notification. I'm like, no. No. <laughs> really? No. I, and I was like, you know what? If it is, it is. It's, it's meant to be, right? I don't know how he's going to get to this place, but he, he comes in like right at the end of the Kirtan. He's sitting in the whole thing. He's dancing, chanting the whole night. Comes up to me and says, that was incredible, mate. Like, really loved that. Really, really, really impressed by that. And now I could have easily gone and just taken that moment about me. Mm. You know, I could have easily just gone, yeah, yeah, me, 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 me. I, 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 self, self, self. It's called aham and mamiti. That's the Sanskrit, aham and mamiti. I could have made it about me and mine. But in that moment, I just made a conscious effort to go, but my guy is so good to see you. Tell me about you. What's happening in your life? Let's sit together. Let's eat together. Let's, let's have a tea together, herbal mm. tea. And that's, that's just, I just wanted to know about him. Mm. And consciously so, it made me happier to know about him. Yeah. I felt safer just hearing about him. And he walked away from that interaction feeling super, super inspired, super wholesome. He came on a couple of retreats with me. And now everywhere I go, he's always shouting out. He's like, yeah, my old friend, Radhika Das, he's doing it. So it's, so it's just the power of love and compassion. I love that. Yeah. I was recently speaking with him actually at an event. And uh, he is such a great guy. He is I'm an awesome so, guy. But isn't that funny that you connected in that way? He randomly comes across this girl at a festival. It's far out. I don't believe in chance. You don't believe in chance. What do no. you mean? I think everything is meant to happen. Destiny. I believe that this is my understanding, right? Okay. There are certain doors in front of you. Mm-hmm. You have the choice between you and the door. Which door do you choose? That's choice. Okay. Free will is only which door you choose. Behind that door opens a whole set of other doors. So those doors that are behind that choice you've made, that's destiny again. And then the choice you make is, again, free will. That's the way I navigate free will and destiny. Because I think that there's no such thing as chance. Not even a blade of grass moves without divine sanction. But you witnessing that was your choice. But how? But then, is my life determined for me then? The choices you make determine your destiny. But you're saying everything's written. It is the pathways. All the imagine like there's ten million different networks, right? Right. All those different networks are already written. But oh, the I choices see. that you make mean that what what network you're walking on. How interesting! And do you think you'll always be brought back to that network? Yeah, somehow or other, like. We could have all the facility in the world. This is, let me take this as an example. You have all the facility in the world. You could be a millionaire, all the money to be able to spend on studios and camera equipment and whatnot. But if it's not in your destiny to make a podcast successful, you can throw millions at it. It still won't work. I agree. Right? So that's your destiny. But you've made choices about how you use that money. In the same way, it's maybe my destiny to experience chanting and whatnot in this, you know, and, and sharing in this particular field. But it doesn't mean I'm going to be winning a Grammy necessarily. You will be. Oh, who knows? <laughs> it, it's similar what we talk about, you know, your dharma. What is? What are you put on this earth to do? Yeah. And I do definitely believe in that, that some of us will find things n come a lot easier because yeah. it, we are aligned in what we're meant to be doing. But you have to choose to be aligned. You know, I could just stay in bed today. That's a choice. Mm -hmm. That wasn't my destiny. That was my choice. But I've chosen to come here. So let's see what the next door is. And just keep walking through those doors. Choose which door you think is most aligned and just keep walking. I love that. You grew so quickly. So quickly. Yeah, my mum said that too. I'm, I'm <laughs> six foot tall. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> you're taller than six foot. Six and a bit, yeah. Oh, really? I think you're like six foot three. No, I don't know. I've, I've not measured myself. Oh, okay. You're <laughs> definitely taller than six foot. Okay. Um, besides the point, this isn't a hype podcast. You grew very quickly on all your social media platforms. Yeah. 
Talk to me about that. Yeah, I mean, we did uh, Union Chapel in Islington. And I think I was on something like, I don't know, 10K followers or something at that time. Really? And then between May and what month are we in? September, May, June, July, August, I've done five months. It's like exploded. So, technically, yeah. we're only actually on the 31st of August. Oh, technically. Technically. Tomorrow, September. Uh, I mean, I can't. T- <laughs> but in like four months, you've, you've grown massively. Yeah. And what's really interesting, and I want to talk to you about this. When I started following you, mm. being the avid fan I was, mm. you were talking to the camera mm. and telling the camera different teachings from spiritual books. Yeah, I didn't think I was a singer. I thought I was a a preacher, so to say. Talk me through this journey. How did you start that? How did that, how did you get into it? Yeah, this is an interesting point because it goes back to your idols and teachers and gurus and whatnot. And I saw Jay. Jay, I love you so much, my guy. Like, you are my most favorite person in the world. Like, you've taught me so much. And uh, you still continue to teach me. You're still guiding me on so many things. I wanted to be like him, Mm. you know? I wanted to be like Jay. But there's... Why, actually? Because I valued what he taught. I valued how he taught. I valued the growth that he was getting. And I thought that that was going to be me. I genuinely thought that that was going to be, yeah, I could do that. I can emulate it. You know, like mm-hmm. people are all about the copycat movement. Just find someone that's successful, copy them, and you'll do it. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that that was my model too. And so uh, that's where I started. I thought, let me, anything you can do, I can do better. So I thought, let me just, you know, invest, get a nice camera guy to come and film me, and I'll, I'll do the same. And I quickly realized that not that it wasn't working, that I just didn't enjoy it. I deeply did not enjoy sharing wisdom in that way. And so uh, I recalculated. I thought, okay, I want to share spirituality. That is a non-negotiable. Okay. I do not want to go back to material life as I saw it previously. But I want to share in some way, shape, or form. What is the form then? And then I thought about it, thought about it, thought about it. And at that time, Janavi Harrison, another sister who I love deeply, she was sharing Kirtan in London. And so I was her little symbols boy. Ding, ding, I also ding, love ding. her. Huge fan of her. Yeah. Too. So she basically allowed me to come and just be the symbols boy. I just used to play symbols and, you know, try and organize things yeah. in, in a project called Kirtan London at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, that was my, I found deep happiness in being a manager and organizing Kirtan events and supporting and, and sharing in that way. And I thought that would be it. I mm. genuinely thought that Kirtan London, that project, was going to take over the world. So much so that we even bought the domain Kirtan Globe. I was so convinced that managing was going to be my dharma. Managing. Mm. And uh, then she left for the US. She went to the States. And um, a big hole developed in the UK where there wasn't really anyone sharing here Kirtan. And I felt like, okay, maybe I lean into this a little bit more and lean into it a little bit more and lean into it a little bit more. And lean into it. Mm-hmm. And so you just keep walking, you know? So, and there's a verse in the Gita that says that nicely, that it's better to do your own duty, even imperfectly, than to try and emulate another person's duty perfectly. So true. You know, we have to find out what is, and that's only, like I said, that first 10 years, experiment the hell out of it. Try a bunch of different things. When young people say, how do I get to be like you? I said, you can try, but try doing 10 other things too. Because you'll figure it out after five, ten years ago. Not for me. There is no one blueprint. No, there isn't. There are blueprints, but there's not one. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, there are millions of pathways. Yeah. You can choose one. And I think this is the thing is that we we see someone online and we think there's a formula and it doesn't help that all these videos on TikTok are saying, this is the magic formula to do this. Mm. This is the magic formula to do that. When I was doing something I wasn't aligned to, I was deeply unhappy. Yeah. And I'm not the best podcaster in the whole world, mm. but I'm deeply happy every time I'm doing happy. it. happy, yeah, I can see it. And that's what's really powerful. And to be honest, that's what people have said in terms of when they meet me, they say, you know, you can tell you're really happy doing yeah. it. And, and you'll see people when you come into that alignment and you know, people, I, I saw this quote the other day and I can't remember where I saw it from, but it said, people label things in different ways. Mm. So, you know, in Hinduism we'll say dharma. Mm-hmm. The universe will say when you're in alignment. Mm-hmm. Atheists will say when you found your passion. Mm. Everyone's talking about the same thing. We're just labeling it in different ways. Principle and detail. Literally. Principle and detail. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's totally the case. Like I met this wonderful lady, her name's Ambika. 
Do you know Ambika? Ambika Devi. Maybe I've heard the name. So yeah. she's very, very beautiful. She's naturally like that, even when she's not wearing makeup and whatnot. And uh, you Your can tell that like that's that, her. By the way. Yeah, my wife's like that too. Gorgeous. Just, yeah, it's it's just by nature that's mm. how they are. And uh, for people like that, when they enjoy using that gift in a way to, you know, in that in their job and whatnot, it's mm. natural for them. Mm. They don't be. I asked Ambika, I was like, "Do you ever get exhausted? Like, there's always a camera on you." Mm. So no, I actually really enjoy it. And uh, my wife's like that as well. She actually enjoys like when I take pictures of her and stuff, even when she's not like wearing makeup and stuff. It's just because that naturally I've got that. That's that. That's the dharma in one sense, like the How interesting. my body. And so, yeah, it, we have to just be. It's, it's that self awareness point, isn't it? Mo- you know, just yeah. becoming aware. Okay, what is it that God has gifted me? Gifted me in this lifetime. How can I use it where it won't exhaust me? You know, like one of the principles of kirtan. Get this: is you have to sing in a way where you never get tired. Mm. you have to sing in a way where you never get tired you should be able to do it constantly and so that principle is there like you can kind of extend that principle into what we're talking about here which is that what can I do that I'm ready to do at 12 o'clock in the in the night you know what am I ready to do at 2 in the morning 3 in the morning mm. any moment someone calls you and says you want to lead a kirtan mate I'm down tell me when and where and I'll be there I'm, but there's only two people coming I don't care I love sharing kirtan so just put me in that place mm-hmm. and I'll do it mm-hmm I did like a whole weekend last weekend where I did uh, Shropshire, Gloucestershire, and Berkshire. And it was a lot of driving, really exhausting. The food during the weekend, those of you that are part of my crew, it wasn't very good food that we ate. But you just put me in front of a harmonium, get me to sing. I'm, I can do it for hours, hours and hours and hours. They do now. They How do, do you manage that? Um, not very well, if I'm honest. As a father of two, and I ask, I ask you this because I ask a lot of mothers this: How do you balance traveling all the time with having two young kids? I mean, you just had another one. Yeah, not very well. Um, I don't know whether it's in the DNA makeup of men, and this controversial point. I don't know if it is, but by nature, I am quite detached. Like, really? Yeah, as in, you know, for me to travel, people are, like, oh, you sad to be away from your family of course there's an element of missing them but I don't wallow in that like I'm kind of okay with it like this is my duty this is my dharma I'm happy doing what I do so yeah it doesn't come across my mind every I don't have like pictures on on the walls you know when I'm traveling and stuff some people do that it's just not me it's not very natural for me even with my wife I'm I'm kind of like not so emotionally always there and interesting uh, yeah it's and maybe it's Here's the thing. I think it could be because of that's the way I saw my dad with my mom. Like, you know, in the Indian culture, they're not so huggy, huggy, kissy, kissy. They're kind of like they respect each other. And, you know, that's the way they show affection. And I've kind of maybe taken on that trait. But dealing with children whilst in the limelight, um, I don't think I figured that out. Maybe ask me in five years time or 10 years time. I don't think I figured it out. Why? Because I'm trying to shelter and shield them away from that. Mm. I don't want them to be known as my children. I want them to be themselves. And so the way I kind of navigate uh, parenthood as a man or as someone that's in the public scene and also trying to be a father is um, I keep my private life very private. Like not many people know my children's name. Not many people know what my kids even look like. And when I'm with them, I'm with them. Yeah. Like I put my phone away. I make sure I'm 100% present as much as I can be. I'm feeding them. I'm clothing them. I'm bathing them. All things that my dad didn't do for me. Mm. But I'm trying to do for my kids. I'm trying to be as present as... And the other thing is I'm trying to recognize... Because if one of my strengths, I think one of my strengths is intuition, I can kind of feel whether this is someone I want to engage with or not. And I can kind of tell this is the strengths of that person. I'm doing that with my kids as well. I'm like, okay, my child is like this. And therefore, these are the opportunities that I think I want to try and give that child. Mm. Mm. I Obviously, my youngest, I have no idea because she's really young. Yeah, tiny. Just born. But my eldest, I'm starting to see elements of his psyche and his nature come out. And so I want to, I want to try and facilitate that as much as possible rather than just go doctor, lawyer, failure. Yeah. You know, I want to give him all the things that he needs. Changing that cycle through generations is really important. But what, yeah. what, what you just said really interesting is your dad wasn't like that with your mom and therefore you're not like that with your wife. Yeah. This is a really personal question. You don't have to answer. Yeah, of course. Do you think that, do, has that been a problem for you? I think so. But it was the cards that I've been dealt. 
And so rather than complain about it, I'd rather just go, okay, this is how I emotionally love people. Like I even like my community, you know, I don't like hugging people, even though people <laughs> love coming up to me at the end of a kirtan and hugging me. I don't, I just, it's just not the way I show affection. Oh my I'm God, not, I gave you such a big hug today. I was like, ah! I'll, I'll do it. It's not that I won't hug people. It's not like I'm anti-hugs. It's just I'm not, that's just not very not super affectionate. No, it's just yeah. that's not how I do things. Like even if I go for a walk, I'm not like holding my wife's hand. and ah, Like I'm, it's just yeah. not me. It's just not the way I show affection. It's not my love language. There we go. It's not my love language. But I respect other people's love languages. Like if that's the way they want to love, then sure. And that but doesn't mean you don't love your wife. No, 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 no. It's just, it's not the conventional love Correct. that people, uh, that's, people say that's, oh, you're not very loving. No, I'm very loving. Mm. It's just not my love language. It's so, I love that because I, my family are very different actually. I've always seen my family be super, super affectionate. Oh. And so I'm very affectionate. Even to you, I'll be like, oh my God, yeah. hi. I'm very, I'm like one of those yeah. lunatic people you talk yeah. about that want to hug you. No, no, But I am very, trust me, I'm, I'm very affectionate generally, not to random, random people, but to the people that I love, that's how I show love. Yeah. And I think that a lot of the time, perhaps I'm not so, I find it awkward to say a speech or weirdly mm-hmm. to tell people how much I love them. I can do it by text. Oh, I love But them. I find it very uncomfortable to be like, you're this, you're this, you're this, you're this, you're amazing. And it's just because I haven't, words of affirmation uh, and words of affection. I can be brought to tears to by words of affection. Someone yeah. can write me a letter and I'll be in tears. Yeah, no, I will be as well, but yeah. not directly. If you directly tell me something, I'm very uncomfortable. I'm almost like, oh my God, I want to look away. Stop it. It's so embarrassing. Yeah. It's one of my love languages. Really? Yeah. yeah. See, so, so that's what I mean. It's like everyone has different love languages. And what was really powerful, what you said was, this was the hand I was dealt with. Mm-hmm. And instead of trying to change my whole DNA and trying to change who I am. So that other people just, would have set me. <laughs> correct. It's about communicating to those people like your wife and say, hey, listen, I do love you, but I'm just not super affectionate. Hey, to my community. Hey, I do love you. I just don't want to hug you all the time. Yeah. Uh, Shivani, stop hugging me when you see me. <laughs> no, I don't mind that. Um, but it's, it's really important for us to communicate what's important to us. And I think what what I've got out of this whole podcast is it's really important to be authentically who you are, mm. not who your mentors are, not who you want to be, but finding that within. So to wrap this up, what's one thing people can do to really figure out who they are and what their dharma is? More dreams have died by these words. More lives have changed by these words. Simply the words, what will people think if or what will people say if? And I think that if we can somehow live life in a way where we're no longer simply concerned about others' opinions and try to just be very honest and candid, and I think that that's another word, there's another word, humble about it. If we can just be honest and humble about mm, what is it that we want to achieve in the small amount of time that we've been gifted, then I think it becomes very clear uh, what the next step is. And I think just lean into that next step lean into that next step to try and find out who you authentically are. Because if we're just simply living for the what will people think, mm. we'll die. <laughs> yeah, not a very happy person. So that's my message to you. Take it with take it, do with it what you will. And yeah, I hope to meet every single one of your listeners and my listeners somewhere down the road. Thank you for this. Thank you. Honestly, you're just an incredible incredible human being and I'm so happy that we got to do this and I'm gonna put a link to your website do you have a website I do in the comment section so that when you next have an event people can come because I must have got about a million messages being like where was this and I was (laughs) like I've tagged him Um, but yeah no honestly so so grateful to have you on and thank you for everything that you do all the best